the Cannabis Business Coach. Hi, Mike Z here, author of the Cannabis Business Book, and you're listening to the Cannabis Business Coach Podcast, where I chat with and coach the highest performing entrepreneurs in the cannabis industry. Hi, Mike Z is. Hi, Mike Z is. Hi, Mike Z is. The Cannabis Business Coach. Hi, Mike Z here, and on today's episode of the Cannabis Business Coach Podcast, you're in for a real treat because this is the first time ever I've got not one, but two very special guests, and they're part of one of the coolest, most successful, well-known companies in the cannabis world. So I'm really excited to have Jackie Kim, the Senior Marketing Manager for Stizzy, as well as Charmaine Chua the SVP of sales for Stizzy joining us today. And so ladies, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves and do a little more in-depth intro and we'll go alphabetical order, starting with Charmaine and then Jackie. Hi guys, um, Charmaine Chua here. I'm head of sales for Stizzy. Um, we, I've been with the cannabis industry now for about two years, which feels like forever. Um, but in dog years, I think it counts for a lot. So learning a lot and excited to be with Steezy in this crazy and exciting industry. Jackie. Hi everyone, I'm Jackie. Um, I have been working for Steezy since the inception. I've actually been working for the owners for about nine years now. Um, I oversee the marketing department here at Steezy. Amazing. And I guess I'm I'm such a dweeb that I thought it was Stizzy all this time. And now I'm hearing that it's Steezy. <laughs> style, style and ease. Right, Jackie? That's how you guys created it? It is, but you'll catch me saying Steezy and Stizzy. I go back and forth. Um, I think a lot of people don't know that it was originally Steezy, but it's no worries. Nice. Awesome. And I actually remember, I think the first time I, I came across the company must have been, I don't know, must have been 2018 when I was visiting my friends in LA. It must have been 2018, 2017. I think you guys were fairly new then. And they were like, this is the new hot shit. Like, this is it. And I was like, I've never heard of this. And then I tried one of the pens and I was like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. So anyway, let's start with you, Jackie, since you were there in the early days. Can you just tell tell the story of either how you got involved with the company or or why why or how you, you ended up in the cannabis business? Yeah, so um, I came from vape industry. Um, the owners had a company in vape. And I remember early 2017, I mean, I've been smoking since I was 14, 15. We would get into brainstorming meetings back at our old job and smoke at the end of the day and get into like creative meetings. And um, early 2017, my boss had come up and said that he was starting a cannabis company um, that was going to launch later in that year. And he wanted to transfer me over from that company to Steezy. Um, so that's kind of how it started. But I'd like to say I was always part of the cannabis industry because I was, you know, born and raised in SoCal. I started smoking at a very, you know, young age. So it was a really natural transition into the space. And yeah, in many ways, the legalization in California probably saved me. <laughs> 
so yeah, that's kind of how I started in cannabis or the starting story. It was just a group of friends. We had four people at the beginning and we were all crammed into a small little office and it was really a brand just for our friends in our hometown. So it's been interesting and crazy to see how it's developed. Awesome. And what's the hometown? I'm just curious. Orange County, Fullerton. My bosses are from Cerritos. We're all in the front, uh, same friend group. Nice. Awesome. I, I went to just a quick fun fact about me. I, I did my undergrad at Claremont. So I, I, okay. I believe that that's where I got introduced to California weed. And, you know, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing for a New York boy to to get to enjoy the the Cali weed in California for all those years. And so Charmaine, I want to ask you, how did you find your way into the cannabis world and what or what what drew you to it or how did you get started in the industry? So my story is not as cool as Jackie's. Um, Jackie's just been in the game for so long and it's so cool to see people like her that pioneered and like trailblaze for those of us like myself that came after. I worked in corporate America for 15 years and there just came this like, I don't know, light bulb moment I had where I was just like, you know what, I want to work for an industry that's at the beginning of its life cycle. That's at the start. All signs then and even now pointed to how huge this industry would be. And so I had this amazing opportunity. Um, Jackie's friend circle was now, of course, the, the founders of Steezy brought me in. Um, and I have no regrets and just can't believe I didn't do this sooner. And I think part of the shock, at least for me, was I, I really, I think, got introduced to cannabis, the cult cannabis culture in college. So I think I had my experience a little later in life. But I went to Berkeley, uh, which has a huge smoking scene. Um, and I think that's where it kind of like planted the seed. But I just have so much respect for like that OG group that did this well before everyone else did. And it's cool that Steezy is full of these OGs. And every now and then they let people like me kind of come in and help out. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I want to highlight for anyone listening or watching that you need to honor the folks that paved the way for this industry to be able to exist because it started with the movement. It started with people risking their lives, risking their freedom to be able to get this plant into your hands, into, into patients' hands and, and to allow for the space to even have the chance to fight for an industry. So if you're coming into this, as most people are from outside, honor those that came before you and you need to have that appreciation of how we got to this point. And so Charmaine, just a quick follow-up question. What, what were you doing in corporate America before getting into cannabis? I was also leading a sales organization as well. So sales, I think is in my DNA. Um, I was in the CPG industry prior to this and in regulated products. So that transition for me felt very natural because I was already working in products that were highly regulated. Um, and you know, that corporate social responsibility was already a thing. So that just, it felt good to come here. And this industry is way cooler. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, this is what I tell people. 
going to make my shameless plug of the day right now for my book, The Cannabis Business Book, which is available on Amazon. If you want to get into this industry, take the skills and experience that you already have and find someone who needs people with that set of skills or you know, someone who you can bring value to. And so that sounds like that's what you did, Charmaine. And so you know, just to, to zoom out a bit, I, I, I want to talk a little about Steezy and the growth that's happened. And I, I'm wondering if either of you can provide just like a high level overview of maybe some data of where you guys are right now. You know, if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw recently that you're the number one brand for vape pens. You basically own the category in California. No big deal, right? So, but I, I would love to hear from from you, kind of the the official uh, story of of what Steezy is today. Jack, do you want to take this one or should I? I'll let you take this. <laughs> okay. One of the coolest experiences in my career was joining Steezy. About two years ago, I think BDSA ranked us around 33 at the time. And to your point, um, BDSA and Headset and other, you know, uh, data companies have now ranked us as number one in California. And my goodness, has this been a ride. For any of you that are in cannabis, you know that each day, each second, there is something, and I mean something. And I would tell you that I think this this rise for us, if you will, there was a lot of blood, sweat and tears, but I've never met a group more committed and more just adamant that we were going to win and do it the right way and stay true to the culture. And so speaking of, I think this is a good moment to really give props to my sister, Jackie, because Jackie helped build the brand and the marketing from the beginning, right? She understood the consumer and she built a way to make sure that we connected with them. My sales team could not have gotten to the level we had or we, we reached if Jackie and her team didn't do what they did for us to connect with that consumer. And her marketing campaigns and all the things that she's done helped set my team then up for me really to be able to build the sales infrastructure to support the demand she was bringing in for us. Um, and that's another kind of challenge in itself was the demand spiked with Jackie. Then you have these moments throughout the years that really took us to the next level. The nerdy girl in me is going to tell you the demand curve shift with really key moments in the industry, one of which was COVID. And I think a lot of companies, once that spike hit, didn't know how to navigate, but Jackie, myself, and all the other department heads, I mean, you're talking late hours, tears, holy crap, what are we going to do? And we just grinded. We grinded hard. And I, I, I don't know if there was any other magic to it other than we weren't going to be shut down. We weren't going to let this get the best of us. And so we rolled with it. We scaled fast, long hours, extra hours. And then we got here. And now I think I'll tell you, it's even more daunting because how do we stay at this level, right? Um, but you know what? I think I'm working with a lot of people that are super dedicated, super smart, and have been in the game for a really long time. And I think that's part of our competitive advantage that led us to this point. 
Awesome. Uh, let me just reflect something I heard there, which is, you know, a lot of people come into this space or into business in general, even beyond cannabis, and they want that rapid growth. They want to scale, to go big, to get there quickly. <laughs> However, once it actually happens, it's incredibly challenging to your point to actually accommodate that growth and be able to service that extra demand and to be able to scale without breaking. And then to your other point, once you get there, it's actually even more pressure. Oh shit. Now we have so much to lose. Now we're number one. How do you stay number one? And you have to have that healthy paranoia in a way to, to defend that position. And everyone thinks they want that spot, but very few can actually take that spot and deal with the pressure and the intensity. And, you know, I'm reminded of the old saying, heavy is the head that wears the crown because you have all that pressure to, to remain number one. And, and everyone, everyone wants your spot and that's not a great place to be either. So just, just for the folks at home, you know, to know that success is hard too. <laughs> that being said, I want to ask Jackie about building that brand and what were some of those innovative things that you did along the way to, to really stand out and differentiate and, and connect with the cannabis world in a way that people wanted to have your products, that people wanted to be loyal to the brand and, and be part of what you were building? Yeah, so um, I guess just building off of what Charmaine said, I'm 27 now. I, I was 20. I was, I'm tw I was 23 when Steezy launched. So really young. I think the first couple years of Steezy, it was just about sacrifice. I had to sacrifice a lot of time and energy to get to where we are today, and you know, we came in as underdogs at that point in 2017, there were very well-known brands um, like Brass Knuckles and Heavy Hitters and, you know, all the OG brands. So coming in, it was really difficult to win the hearts and minds of people. And now that we've obtained this number one spot, I think it's just about how do we, how do we stay in this spot? Any advice I could give is just to prepare to be overwhelmed, confused, and frustrated. Um, being number one, that's what it comes with. But at the same time, you know, this whole journey has been really fun, a lot of learning and growing and um, just being able to shift and maneuver at any point is has been the biggest, I think, hurdle. Gotcha. And wow, I'm I'm jealous of you, Jackie, because I, I wish I was 27 and, <laughs> and and in the position of having built one of the most successful cannabis brands in California. That would be a great place to be at 27. Yeah. So kudos to you on that. Yeah. As far as speaking to our consumers, I think it was really, you know, second nature because I'm a heavy stoner. <laughs> and all of the owners are so it was really easy to connect with you know the industry and the consumers early on I get that what has allowed me to connect with, with my audience as well is the fact that I love weed one thing I know about Steezy is some of your stores are like straight up art museums but not like the old stodgy ones but they're like beautiful very modern galleries like elegant like just gorgeous from what i've seen and so that that's one of the unique things that you've done 
along the years to, to kind of stand out or differentiate yourself. But I'm curious if there's anything that you're particularly proud of that you're like, yeah, we crushed it with that. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing for planning, oh, I'm so sorry, Charmaine. Oh, no, 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 go ahead, Jackie. Okay. It was really important for me to support the community and art played a big role in cannabis, which is why a lot of our stores, I think one of the, the proudest things I have for the store is that we work with a lot of local artists. So in different cities that our stores open in. And so I think that was kind of like the biggest thing, supporting the art community, music community, um, and combining culture, art culture and music culture with cannabis. And why was that so important for you? Or, or what about that is so meaningful for you? Um, I think for myself and the owners, art is a huge part of our lives. My boss has, you know, tattoos, his whole body is covered in tattoos. Like he's gone to the extent of even lasering off his entire body just to put new work on there. And so art is really important to us. And so when we were you know, designing the store, my idea was to incorporate art into it and make it feel more of like an experiential store than just a cannabis store. Um, so that when anyone who comes in, they fully understand that, you know, what Steezy is about, what we live and breathe for. Um, so that was really important to incorporate. Awesome. Cool. And I see you have a, a nice piece of art on the floor over there. That's been catching my eye <laughs> much better than yeah, my, my mickey mouse poster <laughs> i'll trade you <laughs> by a local photographer Ooh, yeah very cool very cool and so charmaine i want to ask you what's your experience been like building a sales team and a sales organization in cannabis as opposed to in other industries so for me, I, when people from the, from outside the industry ask me what it's like, I feel like cannabis is equivalent to building this rocket ship while you are flying it, not just an airplane, but a rocket ship to Mars that should have left last week. Right. And so I think there's so many ups and downs in this industry. I, I don't think outsiders understand the severity of the ups and downs that we face. And so for me, I feel like building my sales team really required that I help them have the stamina and the resilience to keep up, right? It, and again, to Jackie's point, we're, we're LA based, we have LA roots, that Kobe mentality is like deep in us, you know? And it, it's like this sprint and this marathon because you gotta keep running. You cannot stop, it's, it's, you gotta keep going, but you also can't like do this even pace, you gotta go, right? Because to my earlier point, everyone is coming for your spot. And so I think my sales team, um, you know, the building of the infrastructure and like training, it's not that different, I would say, than how other brands or companies have built their salespeople. But I would say maybe the one unique thing that, we do differently here is like conditioning, just resilience and, and honoring that grind. And those that can grind with us, like grow and 
do more within the company. And that's the other thing also I think people don't see because we don't look like a traditional company. I mean, to Jackie's point, all of the founders are tatted up. Jackie's in charge of this huge marketing machine and she's so young, you know? And it's just so cool to see how the cannabis industry does things differently. And I guess for me, again, going back to the question, it's just about, it's about resilience and it's about hustle. Yeah, I feel everything that you said, especially sprinting the marathon, that is being a cannabis entrepreneur working in this industry is sprinting the marathon. And I love the Mamba mentality for everyone listening, get Kobe's book and then get Tim Grover's book, Relentless. He, he was Kobe and MJ's trainer and talk about mindset and, and, you know, what it takes to be resilient and succeed that those are two great books. I'll, I'll link that in the show notes. I will offer the counterpoint though, which is you have to balance that with, with self-care and, and part of being able to have that stamina and, and being able to sprint the marathon is also having time and space to rest and recover because otherwise you're going to burn out in this industry because the roller coaster never ends and there's always more that can be done. And I find that it's, it's critically important to, to either create that structure for yourself to, to have rest and to have time to recharge or work with someone that can help you put that in place because otherwise it's very easy to burn out. When, when you're exhausted, you're not very creative or productive. So you're not really an asset at that point. Anyway, with, with that being said, I'm curious to hear and, and feel free to say we don't want to share this. That's fine. From a revenue standpoint or from a sales target or, or something like that, I would love to get some kind of dollar figure on what does a category king in California cannabis do? as far as revenue numbers or, or, or anything that you're comfortable sharing, just to give a sense of scale to, to the audience of what, what, what we're talking about here. So I guess I'll take that question um, since it's, I guess, sales specific. What I'll tell you, Mike, is I'm not technically allowed to divulge that number. However, I think when you look at BDSA data, it'll show you, it'll show you like projections, for example, of where we're at and it shows us, it typically has shown us to be around, I wanna say maybe 15 mil a month. I will not confirm nor deny those numbers. We may be higher and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right, awesome. I, I appreciate that. And I, I, I know it's a sensitive question, but that gives a sense of what we're talking about here. So in case anyone has any doubt that cannabis is an attractive industry, <laughs> rest assured it is. I had another question that's now slipping my mind. Hopefully it will come back to me. Oh, yes. Oh, here, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so there's a common misconception that cannabis sells itself. And I venture to guess you, you know, by, by the responses I'm seeing from you that you know that that's nonsense. And so I'm just curious to get your perspective on you know, and maybe the question is, what does it actually take to, to stand out and to, to get to that number one spot? 
because it doesn't just sell itself, especially in a crowded marketplace like California, where there's so many brands and products and, and all that. So any thoughts there for, for folks who think that it sells itself and that's their game plan? Before I answer, I think we should let Jackie speak on this one because she is the marketing machine behind this. And then I can tell you all the not as cool stuff I do after. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really important to understand the consumers and the cannabis industry. Kind of going back to what you said in the beginning, it's really putting respect on you know, the culture and industry before we went legal. And if you don't really understand that, I don't think you can be successful in this space. So if you don't put in the time and energy and research to understand that, um, I think that's probably the biggest thing. So like Jackie and her team's understanding of the consumer group and being able to connect with them. And it's, it's beyond social media, right? It's, it's in other ways that she connects um, with influencers and just in-person type of experiences. I mean, you heard earlier, we talked about that experience we wanted to give in our, in our retail locations, right? Um, fast forward to sales. Um, let's point out that one of the most challenging parts about the cannabis industry is a lack of banking. You have 280E, you have all of these challenges against us. So I'll tell you, it's just difficult to sell in that kind of environment. And what I'd say is we have to figure out a way to ensure that commerce could take place. I know this sounds really ridiculous, but that was something we thought about. And then of course, ultimately trying to cut through the noise because there are so many brands. And one of the ways we do that is my group or rather my department is really good about connecting with the trade and understanding buyers, understanding shops, what the shops want to do because each shop is different. You know, you're not in this normal world where you have all of your major retail outlets and you know you got your 7-elevens and your safeways like it's not quite there yet you just have to adjust accordingly to the fact that the trade for cannabis looks really really different and making sure that you have their back so that combined with all of what jackie's team does is an everyday thing we do to make sure that we're selling our products. Got it. And to shift gears a, a bit, I know that corporate social responsibility, community reinvestment, or equity, you know, whatever you want to call it, I, I know that's a big part of Steezy's culture and DNA. And so I wanted to just speak a little about that because something that I preach all the time, especially in the book, the whole point of the book basically is that you have to do that stuff. If that's not part of your DNA or your reason for existing as a cannabis business, you're already setting yourself up for failure. And that's just my two cents, but I'm curious to hear from the two of you, what are some ways that Steezy is involved in the community and and giving back. So on, on a personal level, I'll have to say, 
you know, I started the Steezy Instagram account page with zero followers back in 2017, and we're almost at half a million now. And last year when the whole BLM movement was coming, you know, on was, I was sitting at home during COVID and I'm sitting logged into this platform with half, almost half a million followers. And I wanted to utilize that platform for more than just cannabis. And so it's really important for me and the company, I think, to support the community and also support, you know, nonprofit organizations that are dedicated to helping the cause. Um, every quarter we work with nonprofit organizations to support, you know, things that we believe in. So um, that's kind of how it started. And, you know, we have dedicated in the last year a team just for this now. And so that's been a really rewarding experience in the last year um, to be a part of an organization like this and to be able to even make decisions like this for the company. Wow. So I'm hearing you guys have a whole team dedicated to just community service type work. Small team, a team of four right now, but Hiring. in the last year, you know, yeah, yeah that's something. I got five on it. I could be the fifth guy, you know? Hey. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I'm hearing the awareness of, hey, we have this platform and it's not just about cannabis, even though that's the core of it. As, as it seems like we all here understand that when you get to the root of it, cannabis is, at least in my eyes, a human rights issue. And it's all about justice and it's all about just making the world better. And so you didn't have to do any of that stuff right? You're already in that number one spot. Business is going a-okay. You don't have to do any of that stuff, but that's what separates the people who are doing this just to make money, which again, I think if you're one of those people, God bless you, but you're probably not going to make that much money in cannabis. You're probably better off somewhere else. And the people who are doing this because this is in line with the core of their belief system and their being and what they want to create in the world, which is healing and compassion and, and equity, which I, I think is at the heart of cannabis, at least for me. So I think that's, that's really cool. And also just to go from zero to half a million in a few years, that's awesome. So to shift gears, oh, actually, I want Charmaine, did you want to add anything on this? Because I, I feel like I didn't give you a chance. So. Oh, no, Jackie nailed most of it. I think the only maybe a couple things I'd add is one of the cool things I've seen our team do is our community outreach is very like grassroots style. Yes, we donate to big causes um, because they're in great places or positions to really move the needle on things, but we're really like local outreach style. Like we like to reach out. We are really big about supporting the street vendors, for example. Um, and we just like to help nonprofits, even the small ones, you know, because they need help and visibility and we help create that. Um, and if you look through our through our IG, you'll see what our outreach is like. And it's very genuine. It comes from the heart. We don't really do it necessarily, you know, for those, we actually don't even really do it for corporate social responsibility points. I think luckily for us, that's like, uh, and uh, it happens after, of course, but we do it because the founders are really committed to it. Um, we want to get back to the community. And, you know, on top of that, too, I would say um, we're also huge proponents of social equity. Um, 
you know, at least two of our retail locations um, are because of social equity partners. The first one is with Cindy De La Vega. She's the first Latina um, equity partner and uh, dispensary operator, I believe, in San Francisco. And then you have, of course, Kareem Mayfield, a former welterweight boxing champion who, you know, grew up in like tough parts of San Francisco. And now we're working with him to build his store. And I would tell you that that's not stopping there. We have to figure out ways to actively support, you know, the black and brown people that were disproportionately affected by the war on drugs. We're very, very sensitive to that. And we just want to work with everyone and make sure that they have a shot. Awesome. I'm curious, what are you most excited about right now in the cannabis world? And either one of you can jump in, whoever's more excited. <laughs> I think just, you know, the growth and opportunities available within the space. It's, you know, it's the Wild West out here. I, I'm sure you guys have been hearing that, but we're building a new industry from scratch. So it's really, really exciting to be at the forefront of all of this and, um, just tying back to what Charmaine just mentioned, um, you know, the possibility that we can eradicate criminal records and address racial injustices produced by war on drugs. And on top of that, you know, creating countless new jobs um, for everyone. I think it's really exciting to be in this space. I love Jackie's answer, so I'm gonna copy hers. Selfishly from a sales perspective, wait till you see what we have in store, what our R&D is pulling up. And at CZ, we don't mess around with quality and like, we're all about that. So um, just wait till you see what we're about, you know, what we're gonna drop in the near future. I think I'm also really excited about our expansion plans. A lot of people know that the best weed comes from California. Um, and while of course, because of laws, we can't do interstate commerce just yet, um, CZ does have that special sauce. We know how to like, produce and manufacture and we know how to do these things, right? So I'd say market expansion um, to other states is super exciting. And let's not forget the fact that federal legalization might just happen. And when it does, if it does, when or whenever, <laughs> Jackie and I are going to be ready. Nice. I love that. Well, I'm excited for Steezy to come to New York. When, when that starts happening, please give me a call. <laughs> for sure. Let me ask you... What's it like being a woman in an executive role in a cannabis company? Is it different? Do, do you feel like the cannabis industry is more progressive? Do you feel like people give you more respect than you would have gotten in corporate? Or do you find that there's some of the same challenges that you'd face in leadership elsewhere? For me personally, the steezy way, we, we, we call it the steezy way internally. The steezy way is all about hustle. It's about hard work. And I don't feel like I've ever been judged or treated differently because I'm a woman. Now that's, that's my personal experience. Um, the founders, I think, are just as tough on me and Jackie as they are any other man in this company. And I like to think um, that Jackie and I have armor, like, like no one's business, right? 
Um, so I would say, I don't think I, I, I am treated differently. Um, I think it is important though, that we acknowledge that there's not still a lot of women and women of color in the cannabis industry. There's not enough of that yet. We have to do something about that. Um, and I think when they are given a chance to come through, um, we have to be super supportive of where they came from and to be mindful that they think and they act and they deliver in a very different way. Um, now, I realize that perhaps I don't feel like I'm being treated differently because I'm in an executive role and perhaps it's just not a thing for me personally. But I think the fact that women in general, especially women of color, struggle as they move up you know, their career, we have to figure out a way to do business differently because I think women bring a lot to the table. Um, and I think it's evidenced by the fact that like Jackie and I are able to help influence and direct different strategies throughout the company. And we're both girls, you know, I'm proud of it too. Uh, so that, that is how I think I would express how I feel like I've been treated, which is no different, but I realize that not everyone may have the same experience as me. Yeah, I think um, building off Charmaine, you know, it's kind of like a typical boys club, I think, where women are visible for sure. Um, you know, the legalization of the industry is dominated by men and I think white men in particular from just growers and investors. And so seeing this unfold, it's really important for me to create, you know, a space representative of women and just to have the chance to build one of the most inclusive industries in the world is exciting for me. Um, I lead a team of 10 girls um, on my social and influencer managing team. Um, so I, you know, personally haven't felt any disadvantages, but I do know that, you know, I think I read a report that the industry is less than 40% women. So I'm excited to kind of see that, you know, change as the cannabis industry grows. I just want to highlight that here we have one of the most successful cannabis brands in the world. And there's women in executive roles. And without these women, I don't think this brand would be where it is today. And so if you're one of these old school white guys coming from a different industry and you don't understand that you need diversity on your team, that this is a competitive advantage and something that's actually going to help you to grow your business, then I think you need some help, <laughs> quite frankly, because, you know, I'm, I'm maybe non-traditional in that I'm like, Women are, and, and this is just my experience in my coaching business is that women are so much better at getting shit done. <laughs> like they're so much more, so much easier to work with in my experience than, than guys, because I find that there's, and again, this is just my experience, but I find that there's less ego and there's more of, you know, self-awareness, empathy, and honestly, in, in a lot of cases, a lot more toughness. So men step your game up. <laughs> 
I'm challenging you all. So, uh oh, <laughs> I'm going to get canceled. No, just kidding. Okay, so then let me ask just kind of a follow up. What advice do you have for for women and women of color that want to get into this industry? Jackie, do you want to go first since you are a pioneer? I'll go after. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I would say just kind of getting your name out there. I think networking is probably the biggest thing. Um, the industry is, you know, growing and changing every day. So there's lots of opportunities, but with that comes an interest for a lot of people to come into this space. So to kind of have a foot in the door is probably something and just kind of speak up, I think, and stand your ground. That's kind of the biggest thing, I think. What I would add to that is, um, I think networking is key. Like if you heard Jackie's story and how she got into the industry, it's because this was her friend group, right? Um, I was also fortunate enough that in my network that it brought me to the founders of Steezy. You know, I, I, I wasn't really like recruiting myself at the time but I couldn't agree with Jackie more. This is about really being able to successfully network within the cannabis industry. Um, and the thing I'd add to that is try to get with people that have been doing it for a long time. I think this industry is definitely full of newcomers and I don't know if all the newcomers have figured it out yet, right? Um, and the thing to think about is you have to really understand the industry, what it was like before everything got legal. You, you gotta get into the mind of these OGs, as I say, um, because they have so much experience in this and newcomers like myself could have never expected that this industry would be as difficult and as complicated as it is. So get with the right people so that you network with them and hopefully they take you under their wing and you blossom that way. Um, Cause you, it's, it's hard though. You got to sort through the ones that know what they're doing versus the ones that don't, you know? So good luck with that. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think again, as a point of awareness for the outsiders or the newcomers, people have been doing this work for decades. And when you talk about institutional knowledge, or even just what I consider the technical hands-on plant touching experience, anyone who's been doing that for any significant amount of time had been doing that underground. And so there's a certain culture, there's a certain way of operating, there's a certain code that those people had to adhere to to be successful. So, so that's one part of it is just having that awareness. And the other part is those are the people that have the knowledge. And even, you know, I'm an outsider. I, I came into this world as a consumer, you know, seven years ago. And I, I, I learned about cannabis and said, oh shit, I want to educate people about this because this is such a mind-blowing, amazing plant. And I still, to this day, have mentors in the underground world, because those are the people that know, you know, those are the people that are operating and have been operating for many, many years and studying this plant and, and the industry and building it in a way that you can't possibly match that. You know, if you don't have the experience, there's no way to really 
you know, I mean, it's great. I love my book. I love other books, but there's only so much you can learn in a book without actually getting your hands dirty. And so it's, it's something that I do want to echo as well, that not only do you have to network, but you have to find, and it's hard, like Charmaine said, it's hard to, to find people who are going to be willing to share, right? Because they've, they've kind of earned the battle scars and the knowledge through, through years and years of, of fire. Right. And, and, you know, finding people that not only have the good information who have done it with integrity and with care and with, I guess the, the, the right mindset of trying to be the best and trying to put forth the best possible products and the highest standards, as opposed to, you know, finding another master grower or, or extract artist or whoever that will tell you that, you know, their stuff is the best and they have nothing to learn because, you know, from the people that I've met who have even the, the, the people who have really been doing it at a long, long time at a high level, et cetera, they will be the first ones to tell you that they have a lot to learn because there's so much, it's impossible to know everything about cannabis and anyone who tells you that they're, you know, the, the grand puba or the expert, or they know, they know it all. That's your first warning sign to be extra skeptical of those folks, in my opinion. Anyway, can I just say, yeah, I, I could not agree with you more. Like I've, I've seen people, you know, maybe post on LinkedIn or something that it was going to be their last day in cannabis because, and mind you, they have PhDs, they have like all of this amazing experience. And it was a lot, it, it was like this, this expression of, you know, no one is listening to me because I know everything. And I'm like, that's probably why you're leaving. It's that you actually think you know more, you know? And it, it doesn't mean that their smarts or their background can't help, but cannabis is such a unique industry. You have to honor and respect it's, it, how it's currently working and work through its challenges. Because yes, that really amazing idea you have, um, the industry will be will, would, would benefit from it, but it may not be ready for it just yet. So you have to be a little bit more realistic and really listen to and listen and humble yourself to those that came before you, understand how it is first, instead of coming in thinking you know everything. That's where I think I've seen a lot of people try to cross over, not succeed. Right, right. To that point, I, I hate when people call me an expert that like immediately makes me like, oh no, because I, like when I think of people who I consider cannabis experts, you know, I know like nothing compared to them. I just, I hate when people say I'm a, when anyone claims to be a cannabis expert, like I've never seen the real experts ever say that, you know, they'll always like, yeah, I, I know a little, <laughs> you know, I'm learning. In fact, the line that I always hear from them is that like, I'm learning more and more every day. I'm learning something new about this plant every day. And those people who, who in my judgment, really aspire to be world-class or, or, or have the highest standards for whatever they're doing, you know, they're constantly learning. They're, they have that, that love for the pursuit of knowledge. And they know that there's so much more to this plant that we 
haven't even begun to understand. And, you know, it's a constant mission to go and learn more. Just wanted to put that out there. Jackie, did you have something to add? One thing I can just say is you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to apply what you do best and own, you know, your current experience and skill set. I did not come into this industry as a cannabis expert. I still am not. I just loved weed and that was it. Um, but there is space in this industry for professionals from, you know, HR to marketing, to bookkeeping, to operations, to sales and, you know, other skill sets that can be applied to be a part of this industry. And so I think, yeah, just to build off of that, that's kind of what I have to say. Awesome. I love that. And it's funny just, just to, to reflect on that, the, the cannabis experts are the people who are growing it, who are extracting it, who are, you know, with the plant, like 10 plus hours a day for many, many years. Those people are cannabis experts, at least in my eyes. Anyway, hey, don't, downplay, don't downplay yourself. I actually, I think it's really, really cool what you're doing. And if I didn't have the network or just wasn't ready yet, your podcast help people that are curious better understand the industry. And I'm really grateful for the platform, for your platform and what you're doing with it. Expert oh, is you. semantics, you know, but I think it's really cool what you're doing um, and bringing these diverse perspectives so that people that are interested can make better decisions about how to come into the, how to come into the industry. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. And you know, I, I would just respond to that, that that's, that's me coaching. That's not me doing being a cannabis expert. <laughs> Ladies, I want to be mindful of your time. I see we're coming up on the hour. And so I want to thank you for joining me and also just give you the chance to make any closing remarks or, or, and to share where can people go if they want to connect with Steezy, get to know about your business, your products. And we'll go reverse alphabetical order this time. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I just want to thank you for your time and having us on. I'll depart with just stay steezy. And you can find me and connect with me and myself and Charmaine probably on LinkedIn or, you know, whatever. And all my contact information's on there. So, yeah. Oh, and what's the Instagram for steezy for the folks that don't know? Um, just easy. S-T-I-I-I-Z-Y. That's three I's. What'd Jackie say? <laughs> awesome. Ladies, thank you so much. It's been my honor and pleasure to have you on the show and to be able to share your insights and your story. And you stay steezy. I'm sure you will. I have no doubt about it. And and I'll just in the I'll take it easy and you stay steezy. And then <laughs> hopefully my jokes aren't too cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Z is, hi, Mike Z is, hi, Mike Z is, the cannabis business coach. Hi, Mike Z is, hi, Mike Z is, hi, Mike Z is, the cannabis business coach.